0: listening to your old friends Ron and Don on the Ron and Rate on the Ron and Don Radio Network man <laughs> right. Hey you guys what's going on? Welcome to the Ron and Don show, episode 422, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. And heck yeah, we are live from the Les Schwab studio.
1: What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming
0: up on the Ron and Don show, we're going to talk about chefs. They're going to give us some insight about how when you walk into a restaurant, you're going to know if it's a great restaurant or a horrible restaurant, and you should get the hell out of it. I learned something reading this article that I did not know, and I have been applying it to my limited restaurant foodie knowledge. I feel pretty smart, though. I feel pretty smart. And I'll share, you, I'll share the one thing with you here uh, in just a moment. Also, uh, my understanding is planes, Western planes right now, are falling apart in Russia. So what are we going to do about that? Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. The moment that changed everything. There's a very interesting article that I think that we should all check out. And we're going to put it in the show notes for you guys. But it talks about the fact that in our lives, and it asks us, was there a moment that you look back on where you say, you know, that moment changed everything for me, and that's when I seize that moment. Other times, we can see these moments, and we don't jump into those moments, and we miss the moment, right? My mom is here, for instance. Uh, In fact, she's sitting in the studio right now. And we were talking the other day about my acceptance into Notre Dame. And I didn't end up going to Notre Dame, but I remember the moment of getting that letter running around the house. I was so thrilled. I've been accepted to the University of Notre Dame, and that had been a dream of mine for so long. Looking back now, looking back now, do I say to myself, wow, I missed that moment? Or do I say, you know what, that particular moment, even though I didn't uh, go to the University of Notre Dame, did that moment propel me to the place that I am now? And I have to say, absolutely not. Absolutely not. That moment of being accepted to Notre Dame, uh, I still sit here sometimes and I wonder. I wonder what it would have been like to go to that school. Is it a regret of mine? Maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit. But at the same time, I think of some of the other life-changing moments where I jumped into it. And for me, that moment that changed everything for me was the day I found out that I was having a child. And at that moment, I could have run from it, which was really uh, the pattern of the O'Neill side of my family. When I look at my dad, he ran from it. He ran from his kids, four kids that he had brought into the world. He ran from that moment. And I think as a result of that, uh, I think the rest of his life was a pretty horrible life. And I think the way that he died was a pretty horrible way to go. He didn't jump into that moment. He didn't face that moment. Uh, With my son, I've tried to face that moment, jump into that moment. And as a result of that, uh, it has made my life so much richer and better. And then I'll bring it back to Notre Dame because this is how I deal with this. And I think to myself, if I would have gone to Notre Dame, there wouldn't be a gunner O'Neill in this world, and so you know what maybe that was an important moment. What are your thoughts on 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 life changing moments and either jumping into that moment or having regrets because we let that moment pass us by
1: uh It was a really good article, and there's one in the article that um I want to get to that really hit me right between the eyes but the it's it's interesting to hear you talk about your growing up with your family because I have such a clear memory. Uh, and even to this day, sometimes because I'm adopted, I spent so many hours as a kid thinking about, well, somebody else could have adopted me. And so my name would be something else. Wow, and wow. I would live in a different city and I'd have a different bicycle and I'd have a different brother and sister. And so in my mind, uh, especially when you're like seven or eight years old and like Kevin down the street got a mongoose bike and you wanted the mongoose bike. You'd be like, well, if I'd have been adopted by a different family, I'd have a better bike. Certainly you know, you, that's the the train I would go down in my mind. Uh, and so that was uh, a, a moment that I had no control over. That is probably the overarching moment of my life is, is some r- really brave women that made really difficult decisions that were selfless in a lot of ways and that put me into the exact spot that then I became who I am. So that one I had no control over, but really is the moment. The one that hit me out of this article and and I really had to pause and sort of chuckle a little bit was there's one woman in the article that said the the first time I took a trip by myself, and I think it's different for women than it is for men, but i I remember when i uh, I was going through my divorce. And I kept thinking, it's like, you know what? I, I love to travel. And so it was the thing that I told myself. And the excuse I always had is like, well, the reason I don't do it is A, because we're in this demanding job and I can't really take a lot of time off. And then B, the other reason I'm not doing it is because, well, I'm, I'm married and it's really hard to, to coordinate our schedules and we have these animals that need to be taken care of. And so that's, that's my excuse And then when the marriage ended, I had a literal moment on this where it's like, okay, pal, like you've been saying uh, publicly and privately and to to yourself that this is a thing that you want to do and that you like to do, Uh, and it's like, oh, it's time to do it. And there's a very big cultural pushback against people that travel by themselves. And every time I would say, I'm going to go to Mexico City, let's say, who are you going with i'm i'm just going by myself what do you what do you mean you're going by yourself how are you going to do that what if you get kidnapped by the drug cartel it's like i you know what I, these are
0: these are the questions i ask ron every time he tells me to travel by <laughs> right. himself yeah it's usually i'm i'm the voice in his head so
1: <laughs> I, I uh i that that year maybe the the two years after my divorce i think i took six or seven international trips By myself. And I would just I went to Tokyo.
0: To Amsterdam six (laughs) times. Exactly. (laughs) The red light district. I went
1: to Tokyo. I went to Portugal. I went to uh where all did I go? I went to Cuba. Like I just I went to a bunch of different places. And it turned out that getting over that fear and just experiencing parts of the world, even if you're by yourself, uh, to me was a thing that was a moment where I could step back into like, okay. This is who I want to be. These are the things that I want to do. And when you, I, I got out of uh, what at the time was not a great situation for me, and was able to do that. It is, a, it is a big deal. There is a lot of judgment. People do mm. think that you are that something is probably. I don't know if they think if something's wrong with you, or maybe they're projecting onto you. But when you say I'm going to Shanghai by myself, people there are many people sort of raise their eyebrow and, and wish that you wouldn't do it.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. What is that moment uh, for you guys? And, and it could be a tragic moment where you find out you have cancer. Someone you love has cancer. Or one woman said in the article, I finally realized that my husband wasn't going to leave me and that he was my best friend and he was going to be with me through tough times. Uh, she's like, that was a life changing moment. The moment someone realized that, hey, I love being a foodie, or I think of my older sister Beth, the moment she realized a little later in life that, hey, there's a great chef inside me. Maybe I should go to cooking school and figure these things out. I think really taking those moments, capturing those moments, moving into those moments, leaning into those moments, being a part of being an author, right? That's what Brene Brown always writes about, is daring greatly. And and the dare is this. Do you dare to take those moments – and actively participate in your life. Because let's be be honest, sometimes we wake up and we're not participating in our lives. We're just kind of sleepwalking through the day, right? And COVID has told us, it showed us, your minutes and moments are fleeting. Nobody gets out of this alive. And so lean in those moments, allow those moments to change you. We will see you on the other
1: side. Attorney Ann Fitzpatrick needed to move to Tacoma for family reasons and turned to Ron and Don for help. The market was tight, but Ann spotted what could be the perfect house. It was Thanksgiving Day, though, so she emailed the guys and told them, hey, don't worry about it until tomorrow. And of course, they ignored what I said about don't work on Thanksgiving. And we immediately got in with an inspector the very next morning, uh, you know, immediately started strategizing. Ron and Don told Anne there'd be plenty of competition and a fierce bidding war. So instead of waiting, they came up with a strategy to put on the full court press and make an early offer to convince the seller to go with Anne. We actually managed to scoop up this house before anybody else had a chance so if you're looking to buy in such a tight market anywhere around the Sound, you need a team on your side with deep expertise, creativity, and tireless dedication to their clients 24-7, even on the holidays. And it all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down at ronanddonsitdown.com.
0: Sign up for The Nation News. At com. All right, you guys. Welcome back uh, to the Ron and Don Show. Ron probably knows a, a lot more about this th- than I do when it, when it comes to food. In fact, when I've traveled with him, he likes to go to these Michelin restaurants. And when I walk in there, I'm like, hey, I thought I was getting my tires changed. Hey-oh! are I am at a, a Michelin store. Anyway. Uh, I think this is really interesting, and in fact, I read something, and I learned something in this article, and I used it on my son the other day when we were walking down the street, and he said, Daddy, why don't we try this restaurant, and it was a pasta store. And I love Reddit, you guys, because you can go out on Reddit and you can ask a question and then people that jump in that have some kind of expertise will share that with you. In this case, we're talking about chefs and the secrets of knowing when you walk into a restaurant for the first time if it's a good restaurant or not. And, And I thought that this was interesting and I didn't know this. I didn't know this. When you see a restaurant that has a very extensive, long menu, and you know what I'm talking about. You go in the Cheesecake Factory, the menu is bigger than the table. Right? And then they give you four of those, and you're poking your eye out, and your neighbor's eye out, and your mom. You, the, the menus are so big. And what they are saying is when you see a menu that is so damn big, know this, when you get that shrimp linguine or whatever, everything is frozen. Everything in that restaurant is frozen, and they're, they're, they're pulling it out of the freezer, even if they, they tell you it's the fresh catch of the day. How the hell can it be the fresh catch of the day? It's a lot of work to go down to the dock, and even that stuff isn't so fresh. So, uh, so we were walking down the street here on Queen Anne, and my son said, Hey, why don't we go in there and try some spaghetti? And I looked at it and I said, You know, look at that menu, uh, Gunnar O'Neill. Seems that menu is a little too big for us tonight because anything we eat in there is going to be frozen. And do we want to eat frozen shrimp? Hell no, I got him to say. Uh, I let them cuss cuss every once in so a while. My wow. mom is here. Yeah, and 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 so I learned something from these chefs. A smaller menu sometimes means a fresher menu. How about that?
1: Yeah, this was an interesting article. The one, and I'm jealous of you and your son because they say the biggest one is smell. Yeah. When you when you go into a restaurant, if you smell a, if you smell fish. Then just walk, turn right around, and walk out because they're like fresh fish doesn't smell like fish. It's it's fish has way past its due date that smells like fish. Yeah. And then the other one is if it smells like really heavy cleaning products.
0: Oh. Yeah. Don't
1: don't interpret that for it being clean. Interpret that that they're like something happened and they are trying to make up for the, the clean thing. <laughs> and right. then a couple other ones that were great uh, that uh, really click for me is like. If if you have a if you go in and the bathroom is dirty, mm-hmm. the kitchen is dirtier. Oh. So whatever condition that bathroom is in, yeah. that that's what, how they're keeping the kitchen. Oh. And then the one that I that I hadn't thought of which is actually really good is if a restaurant has really crappy bread when they bring you the bread and olive oil or whatever, yeah. he's like then turn around and go out cuz he goes any chef that's worth their salt as they say. Uh, is gonna make decent bread. We're like the, if you can't make decent yeah. bread, then the rest of the meal is not gonna be. Yeah, they good.
0: said if you can, if a chef can't figure the bread out, he can't figure anything out. Uh. W- Where's the best bread in 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 Seattle? Where do you like the bread? Oh
1: boy, you know I, you know who actually used to. and I, I don't know. Were you
0: going to say the mat? The mat has amazing best had bread.
1: Amazing bread. Uh, Canlis has really good bread. Oh, do they? Uh, Tom, I've never
0: been. I've never been to Canlis.
1: Oh, geez, we should go. Okay. Uh, Tom Douglas uh, used to put really good bread on. His, I don't know all the restaurants that he has open now, but yeah. since he had his own bakery, uh, oh. the Dahlia Bakery, it was it was pretty pretty special bread. Yeah. But yeah, that was it's a it's a great article, and I think. Um, did you enjoy when I dragged you to an, a Michelin rated restaurant? I think we, I think we might have taken you. It was horrible to a bib gourmand. It was horrible, and you got you and my brother. Yeah, acted like you were you. you no, we were acting. We, it was horrible. And then you are like, "Let's go get some pizza afterwards."
0: That's what we did. See you on the other side of this. you guys ron and don here with uh mitch not loans one of the great advertisers here on the ron and don podcast this is unique we had a couple listeners that reached out to ron and said hey we'd like uh, you guys to sell our home out here in snoqualmie and then we have a couple listeners that listened to this podcast that wanted to buy that home so our buyers and sellers were part of the ron and don nation and guess what the buyer did who listened to the podcast They reached out to you in order to get the financing done. So everybody in this transaction was part of the Ron and Don Nation. That was pretty cool, wasn't it?
1: It was really cool. It was great. Yeah, no, um, I had a client reach out to me, and I didn't actually hear at first where, where he was calling from. And he said, no, I heard you on the podcast. I'm part of Ron and Don Nation. Let's save some money. And so we worked with him um, and then it turned out the house that he fell in love with was a Ron and Don listed home, which was just great. That is super cool. It was a very smooth close as well. Everybody's extremely happy with that deal. So if you listen to this show, the other real estate agent also in the Ron and Don nation. So that was pretty cool. Go to Mitch.loans.com. Mitch will do a Zoom with you. You'll do a phone call. Talk about your goals, whether it's purchasing a new house or a second house, a vacation house. He's got you covered. Go to Mitch.loans and ask him, how do I get that one-half percent back uh, towards my deal? Mitch.loans.
0: All right, you guys. Welcome back uh, to the Ron and Don It's interesting. We're going to talk about planes. and you know, During the pandemic, they had a mothball a lot of planes, and they mothball these down in the desert. Airlines don't like mothballing planes. They say because it takes a lot more money and a lot more energy to take that plane out of mothballs and to put it back in service. And, Ron, I know that you have a very good friend that that helps service some of the the, uh, Southwest flights. So you might know a lot more about this than I do. My understanding is keeping a plane in service actually costs the airline less and that engine on that plane needs to run consistently and constantly sometimes and all the time. And the moment you shut one of these planes down and you park it, uh, even the, the the stress that it creates on the airframe uh, can be monumental. Right now, because of what is happening in Russia and all the sanctions, it is difficult for Russia right now to get parts for Western planes. And as a result of that, Uh, It's becoming a real issue right now, isn't it?
1: I think people realize how frequently stuff is updated on the plane and how complicated those machines are. I mean, obviously, we know it's a complicated machine, but I I didn't realize until uh, my buddy, who is actually up here visiting right now, uh, who is an airplane mechanic, is... It's it's nonstop. So you know when you get a, a plane and it's flying this whatever route it's on, they are they are going over the checklist every single flight. Uh, you know the 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 pilot used to remember they used to have that big wheeler roller case. That was all the manuals and checklists they have. Now it's on an iPad, so they don't have to carry oh, kidding. yeah do you remember that big it was a square roller yeah, case yeah. that was the checklist manual thing wow for, so so pilots had to wheel that around and literally not not just read it they had to literally walk around the plane yeah uh and look at through this checklist and if something was off that's a lot of times you would be uh you know sitting on the runway for an hour Like I would be changing the part out so they would spot something. Uh, they have, you know, uh, specific stuff there at the airport. A mechanic would come out and do the remedy for that thing while it, while you're sitting on the plane. Yeah. So they would do that. Then uh, they also do stuff where they're pulling it out. Uh, you know, they're rotating those planes, taking them in, and you know, doing an oil change or like figuratively uh, the scheduled maintenance. But then they'll fly. A lot of these airlines will fly stuff to, let's say. Uh, Costa Rica, or somewhere in Mexico, where labor is a lot cheaper, then they 'll do the major stuff down there but it's it 's constant maintenance, constant maintenance to keep these planes up and that and they get a certain number of hours and then you 'll see these planes move to a different part of the world where they don 't meet FAA regulations anymore, but maybe they could fly in in different parts of the world that have a lower standard for airplane maintenance. The thing that 's going on in Russia they say is, is a slow moving train wreck. You have uh flight like there. It's modern country, uh, obviously, but you have people that want to fly around Russia uh, to do business or travel or, or meet with family. And they cannot get in. They're not allowed to get any parts. So it's not that they, you know, they go to Boeing or they go to Airbus and they're like, we need this engine piece. And they're like, sorry, we, we cannot sell it to you. Mm. And so these planes, the pilot will see the defect the mechanic sees the defect. Uh, there's not another plane that you can pull in to take that route. People have paid for this flight. And so some of them are just gambling. They're just going, well, we think we can get another couple of flights out of it, uh, because they literally can't do it when the flights are being, when the planes are being repaired, uh, the Western governments are looking, how did you get that part? Uh, how how who who sold you that Boeing engine part or who sold you that Airbus engine part? And so if then they find a company that is giving uh, parts to Russia, there's going to be a crackdown on that supplier, and they could be in, in a lot of trouble. So they're saying within six months to a year, if these sanctions continue, that um, a large chunk of planes in the Soviet Union or in Russia will. Basically, be death traps. They'll be flying, wow. flying crashes, ready to ready ah, to that's happen. That's amazing, amazing.
0: Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Ron and Don Show. We appreciate it. Don't forget the Nation News. It's a newsletter we write. We send out once a week. We don't sell your information. Typically, Ron will write something, I'll write something about our personal lives, or our real estate journeys, and we share those with you. So, how do you get the nation news? Let's go
1: to Sitdown.com. It's right up at the top. Just put in your email address. Uh, if you're wanting to jump into the real estate game and saying, yeah, I've been sitting on the sidelines, maybe now is my time, uh, the competition has gone down, uh, email me, Ron at Ronadon.com or uh, you can just sign up for a sit down right there on the website.
0: Yeah, if you're coming off the sidelines, you guys, put your cup on. Because it's a real estate game. It's a brutal sport. <laughs> I remember one time I was going through puberty. My mom's sitting here right now, and I want to hear this story. And she bought me a cup that was a little too small, dog. <laughs> Boy, did that hurt when I got hit in the heart. <laughs> I went from being a Gagewood Packer to being a Gagewood Packer. Oh, man. Hurt a little bit. Hurt a little bit. Yeah. Don't forget, if you need a loan, Mitch.loans. And also, summer driving season is here. Go to Leshwab.com. 84 locations to serve you. Uh, Stop by today, and they have a heck of a tire sale that's going on right now just for you. He's Ron. I'm Don. There's Charlie the dog. There's my mom here, visiting for the 4th of July week. Hope you guys have had a great 4th of July week. Don't forget, episode 423 will be here before you know it. Yeah meantime you'll see the ron and dawn show head up shoulders back only on the ron and Don radio network
1: now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time only 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 on the ron and dawn radio network